welcome to this edition of Spotlight with Sandhya. In today's show, we are going to visit someone who views human beings in all their complexities and uses it as inspiration for her life's passion. So here we are at Sharmila Mukherjee's studio. Dheera Samire Yamuna Tere Dheera Samire Yamuna Tere Vasati Vane Vanamali Wow, that looks so lovely, Sharmila. Thank you for letting us into your beautiful space. You know, thank you, Sandhya, for having me here. It's my pleasure to be on your uh, show. And Sharmila Mukherjee has performed on stages across the world, and she's an equally reputed choreographer who composes her own ballets and several other performances that have been talked about across India. She's also a dance guru and has the Sanjali Academy of Odissi Dance here in Bangalore. Now, Sharmila, what I want to know more about is how you were inspired to show character like Kaiki in a different light, you know, from through the ages, she's been shown only as a despicable character, a villain who was responsible for sending Rama to exile. But you have been depicting her in a different light. What is it that inspired you to do that? Can you tell us? Yeah, sure. Uh, Sandhya, actually, I've always been very fascinated with these characters, with these slightly the main characters and the ones who have been shown in a negative light. But why? I mean, everybody's human. So, you know, I believe that human beings have negative and positive. Somebody cannot be perfect. Somebody cannot be all bad. So I decided, you know, delve into this character. And I um, uh, spoke to my script writer, Pandit Nityanand Mishra in Orissa. And he said that she's not a negative character. And whatever she did, uh, she did because she believed in it uh, very strongly, you know. And uh, she was a very, uh, uh, she was uh, an extremely brave uh, charioteer. And uh, she was, uh, uh, she had a lot of compassion in her. She loved uh, Ram as much as she did her own son, Abharat. But there was obviously a reason uh, for what she did, why she did it. And she believed very strongly in it. And uh, she did regret it also later on. So why should we always, uh, you know, cast her aside as a despicable a quintessentially evil queen. I wanted to show another human uh, side of her. I always believe uh, doing that with all my characters. In all my productions, I have shown uh, my characters uh, to have negative and positive, in, including the main character, the heroine, the hero. They don't have to be perfect, you know. They will have, and even the, the negative characters have a, a nice side to them. So it's very interesting for me to do that. And uh, yeah, that is the reason why I decided to work with and show her in a different light. Wonderful. One of the things that you've also done is uh, train hearing impaired children to perform in, in a ballet, I think. I also know that yes. you do a lot of performance for charity. 
So what is your opinion of an artist as an agent of social good? I think uh, uh, we as artists, you know, whether we are, uh, it's uh, dance or music or films or theater, we all have a responsibility, you know, and uh, uh, we should use our art as an instrument of, uh, to spread good, to, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, as a social message. Art has to, art is aesthetics for me, but it has to have substance. You know, I mean, there is enough happening in the world around you. Uh, you, you could reach out to a larger audience with a social message and, uh, and, and you know, years of uh, practice and dedication, learning, what is it all for if we're not going to uh, do it uh, for social good, you know? So yes, uh, performing for charity, teaching hearing impaired children, making them perform, making them feel good about themselves. Uh, these are things uh, that I have done and it has worked successfully. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I think that uh, if I have spent so many years learning, uh, you know, the art form, then I have to also now, you know, do some good uh, socially. So uh, that's why I, I, I believe in it very strongly. And it is not only for entertainment's sake or, you know, to sort of uh, just do it for my sake and to be in the limelight. It's not for that. I, th I believe that we do have a responsibility and we should reach out. Great. Um, Sharmila, one of the things that endeared you to me many years ago when we first met was that you were able to speak Kannada very well, which is our local language. And this is something that I feel goes a long way in creating that sense of belonging to a place that you move to. It also make you, makes you more acceptable and you feel a sense of belonging and rooted to the new culture that you have moved to. Um, I also know that uh, one of your ballads is uh, composed with Kannada folk songs. Can you tell us something more about it? I think that's very interesting. Yeah, actually I took this uh, from A.K. Ramanujan's The Flowering Tree and I've adapted it from there. And uh, the whole production, the whole uh, drama is set in, uh, in a village in Karnataka. So it was very interesting for me. I, I, I wanted to do something from Karnataka. I moved to Bangalore in 2004 and I, I love Bangalore. So I, I, you know, and there are beautiful uh, stories. So I, I, you know, I, when I came across this one, uh, the flowering tree, it just suited uh, the Odissi dance form so well because it was so, uh, it had a lot of pathos. It's a very simple story and uh, it, uh, you know, it's aesthetic. So in every way it appealed to me. And I took this and I named it Sukshma. And uh, it is about, and yeah, it does have some Kannada folk uh, uh, dances in it. And I used some Ilkal saris from Karnataka, Karnataka and made, it, made them wear, you know, the village girls wear it like a dhoti. So that was very interesting for me to work with. And uh, we stuck to the dance form Odissi, of course, and uh, with some folk dances. And uh, it's about a girl who, is, uh, who has the ability to turn into a flowering tree and she gets exploited till she completely breaks. So it, ha it had a very strong message uh, regarding environment and the cutting of trees. And it was premiered first in 2016 and we've uh, performed it uh, quite a few places after that. Now talking about, uh, you know, uh, things that we all learned to do during the lockdown, I think you were one of the earliest performing artists who started uh, going online. If I remember right, I think, uh, couple of months ago, 
you did rehearsed uh, uh, performance of one of your upcoming ballads. Uh, am I right? I saw it live on Facebook. And subsequently, you did something on YouTube too. Care to tell us more about it? Yeah. It was actually uh, the one that we showed on uh, social media was a part of a pure dance piece. Uh, so that was a new choreography of mine. And it's a beautiful one uh, based on Raga Jinjoti. And uh, we had rehearsed it so much that as a group, it was a group composition. My girls had rehearsed it so much that I decided uh, that uh, to show a little excerpt of it when we couldn't, when uh, we were supposed to perform it on uh, 14th of April. This was as a tribute to my uh, guru, late Guru Kelujan Mahapatra. We do this festival every year, Prabaha, which got cancelled uh, cancel this time due to the mm -hmm. pandemic. So I decided to show an excerpt of it. And uh, following that, we did about uh, uh, another uh, two series of, uh, yeah, I also premiered on YouTube, Sukshma, because, uh, you know, it was there for about a few hours. I premiered that and uh, it was take, uh, accepted quite well. And then I, I showed another, I sh also showed, uh, actually I was supposed to perform in Netherlands this year for the Corso Festival. So they also uh, premiered uh, a a, few, a bit uh, excerpts of uh, Hansika and Kaike. So everything was shown for a few, you know, kept for about a day and then taken off. Okay. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think, uh, uh, you know, performances can be monetized going forward? Because I think it's going to be a while before you manage to get audiences, um, you know, that can pay enough to make it worthwhile to have a physical performance so do you think you would be able to monetize the virtual performances uh, have you been thinking of some what are your plans it's it's a you know it's a worrying thing because i i personally ever since 2016 whenever you know when we did the sukshma i i ticketed it and in bangalore i have managed to uh, have you know good ticketed shows i mean people do come people do buy you know they call up and ask uh, where are the tickets available and how much are they and you know so it is Bangalore is one of the uh, cities which people uh, in which people do buy tickets you know so I have always done all my shows and festival tickets because I, I feel that uh, you know there's so much of hard work that is going on behind the scenes for years and uh, you know for months you conceptualize something and then you uh, put it to action and there's so much money and time and energy spent so people should respect that it should be like any other profession where they come to watch something and uh, they should uh, pay for it. So I have always had uh, live shows ticketed. And it's very worrying that, uh, you know, there were so many free shows happening before. And uh, now online, it's, it's even more worrying because uh, this, is, this is not a good trend, I feel. Firstly, yes, uh, online shows cannot replace live shows that's there. But uh, then if everything is free, then, you know, how do arts survive? So mm. definitely we have to think of a way to make it remunerative because otherwise it's very difficult. And it's not only difficult for artists, even technicians like sound engineers and, you know, the light uh, technician, makeup men. It is, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's very sad for them. But uh, when we do online performances now, I feel it has to be remunerative. There are ways of doing it, and I think uh, the senior dancers, senior gurus, have to come uh, together, and uh, you know they're trying. Everybody's trying. We're trying to work out a way. It's going to take some time, but I'm hope hoping that it should be done. I guess these are challenges that all of us have to face and come out uh, with a plan that works for everybody. 
have you also been using this time to for inspiration you know has you know like we discussed um an artist is really connected more deeply to what's happening around us and to the environment so apart from just the aesthetic aspect of a dance performance do you think as a choreographer and uh, a dancer you are able to come out with something more meaningful now have you seen any evolution happening within you now during this pandemic and the subsequent uh, you know um, introspection that all of us have been indulging in yes uh, sandhya definitely i i you know uh, this time has been for me to there's so much is <clears throat> happening all over the world uh, you know and uh, you do get affected by it and uh, as i said earlier also we we artists have a responsibility we cannot bury our heads in the sand for how long you know so we have to you know it's art is about that it's about life so i feel that uh, now my next uh, production or choreography has to be more meaningful you know it has to have a strong social message aesthetics is important but that's not the only thing entertainment is not the only thing it definitely has to have a strong message i'm working on it i've already thought of how to uh, you know do something i don't know when we can do our next live show but uh, uh, for me it's very important that i need to give strong message and uh, my my uh, thoughts you know what i feel as an artist should be uh, you know portrayed to the audience so yes i, I uh, definitely it has been a period of introspection you see so much happening in the world and uh, you know everything is is you know not not hunky dory not uh, too good you know everything uh, misery you see poverty you see violence uh, you see so much there is so much happening because of this pandemic and uh, it is something that has made me think now as an artist you know and how can i what how do how do i contribute so yes definitely i will be hopefully doing something when the when we can do a live show thank you very much sharmila i think um, it will be something really worthwhile whether we see that show online or on real life on a stage i do hope that happens very soon and meanwhile i want to thank you for joining us today at the show thank you so much sharmila i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of spotlight with sandhya you can also view the interview as a video on the raintree media youtube channel and don't forget to check out our blog i host my podcast on hub hopper india's leading podcast creation platform check out more on hubhopperstudio.com you can see the links in the episode description until i'm back again take care and bye bye